Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Waalaikumsalam. Thank you for having me. Um, I am so honored to be here and, and humbled to have uh, been given this award. Uh, you've raised an excellent question. It's a question that I hear from families, from parents, and from young people. Uh, like you mentioned, anti-Muslim rhetoric has skyrocketed over the last few years. Um, there have been studies after studies that talk about the rise of hate crimes and vandalisms and other issues that really do affect the Muslim community, um, bullying and things of that sort in school. And so my advice would be um, is for the young folks to stay strong and for them to not ever doubt that it is not possible to be a Muslim, for them to hold on to their deen, um, and that in any way will conflict with their values, their dreams, their American identity, and I think that's very important. One of the main drivers of Islamophobia is telling people that you cannot be Muslim and participate in the US, you cannot be Muslim and be successful. You cannot be a good practicing Muslim and become whatever it is that you want to become. And, and that is a lie. That's one of the biggest lies when it comes to addressing Islamophobia. It's important to realize that fear is the only thing that may hold people back. And yes, it is a challenging time. And yes, it is a trying time. Um, and it'll continue to be that way. But it will pass because that's what the faith tells us, right? That it'll pass. And so I think holding firm and holding um, the roots of your identity is extraordinarily important. I would say talk to one another. It helps alleviate that stress and that anxiety when you talk to other Muslims who are experiencing the same thing that you are. Talk to your elders who have experienced very similar hatred in 2001 and beforehand. And so I think communicating with one another as a community and standing strong um, and being rooted in our faith is going to be one of the main ways as to how we can overcome this. And just being educated. It's important to be aware of what's going on. Who Understand who are your allies, understand who are your enemies, and understands what physical, tangible things that you can do. Our faith tells us, yes, to have Iman and to have faith in God, but it also tells us to take action. So as long as we do those two things in mind, um, I think it's extraordinarily important and will help alleviate a lot of that anxiety. I think it's important to understand how demonized and vilified Muslims have been for such a long time. The attacks in New Zealand really brought into harsh light Islamophobia, not just in the U.S., but across the world. There isn't a country that's not affected about anti-Muslim rhetoric. We see it here, we saw it in New Zealand, we see it in Europe, and we see it in passive ways, whether it's instances of one-off hate crimes or bullying in schools. We see it on a national level with policies. Europe has passed policies that target Muslims. We've done that here in the U.S. And so when you have structural Islamophobia on top of the individual Islamophobia, it creates a atmosphere where attacks like this um, can happen. And most blatantly just addressing the issue of white supremacy. Um, what white supremacists and groups like them have in common is a commonality, which is the hatred for Muslims. And then you add anti-immigrant uh, rhetoric, anti-refugee rhetoric, um, anti-blackness. And so we need to understand that there are so many levels to white supremacy that comes out and targets our community. And so when you have the issue, the rise of white nationalism, coupled with the rise of Islam 
Islamophobia that has become normalized structurally, institutionally, in the media, and politics, um, it's created this atmosphere where an attack like this was allowed to happen. So we need to combat it by combating the roots in the structural issues that we see, the anti-blackness, the anti-immigrant, the anti-Muslim rhetoric, and we need to be able to address it structurally and we need to be able to address it in our everyday lives. Are we having these conversations at home? Are we having these conversations in our schools? Are we having these conversations with our kids and our parents? And so when we're able to address those rising factors, we're going to start understanding what the threat level actually is and how we can overcome it. Yes. Yes.